Hello and welcome back to another episode of InCheck with Fintech. Today we are joined by Yuval Ziv, the president of Nuve, a future-proof payment technology allowing businesses to accept cutting-edge payment options, optimize new revenue streams and get the most out of existing stack all on one platform. Yuval has been with the Nuve group of companies for the past 15 years driving payment technology development across multiple industries and has an extensive experience and expertise in global payment processing. Well then, Without further ado, on the show with me today is uh, Yuval Ziv, who's the president of uh, Nuve. Yuval, welcome. Thank you very much, Rogier. Thank you for having us. And looking forward to, uh, to our conversation today to talk a bit more um, about the payment landscape um, and whatnot. Uh, we've obviously known each other for a longer time. I do remember ever since starting with PCN in 2013, uh, I think there's been some sort of uh, touch point left, right or center. So uh, it's good to now have you on. Um, uh, the podcast um, and, and talk about uh, talk about payments. But for the people who don't know you, would you mind giving a short introduction on yourself? Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much. Um, so Yuval Ziv, um, um, been with the with the, with Nuve Group for sixteen years, mainly from my time at uh, Safe Charge. Uh, which uh, was acquired by Nuve in uh, 2019. Um, payment technology company, global, with more than 1,400 employees these days. Um, I'm um, with the company for 16 years, as I mentioned, and held several different positions along the, along the time, uh, such as the chief operating officer, chief commercial officer, the MD of digital payments, and recently appointed as the President Nouveau is publicly traded in Nasdaq and in Toronto Stock Exchange with 26 different offices around the world, uh, very much global. We are uh, serving as uh, acquiring, but as an acquirer, but also orchestration layer, gateway, very much agnostic in terms of uh, technology, connecting to multiple different uh, acquirers out there, multiple different uh, payment methods, actually more than 500 of those, and very much uh, focused on the online digital business, although serving also the uh, point of sale and uh, omni-channel. Yeah, great. And you've been through, is it two acquisitions, I think, right? You started in Gate to Shop, which was then taken over by SafeCharge, and now obviously Nuve, uh, which took over SafeCharge. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, and, and also if we look at it uh, as a journey, then uh, also uh, in terms of uh, public uh, domain, then uh, in uh, 2012, we've uh, we've uh, IPO'd uh, SafeCharge in the London Stock Exchange. We've been publicly traded where I served also as board member, uh, since uh, the IPO till 2019, we, we were acquired 100%, delisted from the London Stock Exchange, and in 2020, um, IPO'd in, in, in Canada, and then in 2021, IPO'd also in, in the Nasdaq. So at the end, uh, when, when, when I'm looking backwards, I see acquisitions and, and, and IPOs and the journey in between as, as a fully, fully private company. So lots of uh, dynamic changes in uh, in our journey, but it's all uh, all upwards, and and therefore we are uh, we are super thrilled uh, also towards the future. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, obviously a public company now uh, global focus, uh, Canadian owned, uh, doing I would say almost everything within the uh, online payment space in terms of services that you offer. Is there? Um, you gave a, a high level overview of, of Nuve. Is this something that you feel? having been in payments for so long that makes Nuvei stand out from the rest? Absolutely. First of all, um, the payment as a, as a whole um, has progressed a lot over the last uh, few years, right? And uh, we've progressed together with the industry. 
um, always been uh, taking a leading uh, stand to uh, to the industry. So we started as a, as a gateway and risk uh, risk management uh, solution where we served and connected the merchants, clients, partners to multiple acquirers. We've added, obviously, acquiring. We started with acquiring in Europe uh, and UK, of course. We've added acquiring in, in, in the US, acquiring in LATAM, in APAC. And over the years, we've, uh, we've made a lot of progress. But the one thing that uh, we always kept is a significant agnostic approach uh, towards uh, or detaching the, the, the acquiring from the technology where we can be super flexible with the, with our clients. We are enabling our clients to take the choice. They are the one that will decide if they want us as an acquirer, as a gateway, to which acquirer to connect them, where to send the traffic. And this approach is, uh, is, is, is very unique in the industry. It's an orchestration layer combined with acquiring not only on the cards, but also on the alternative payment options. So when you look at the overall coverage that we have today, I believe that we are one of the uh, leading uh, in the industry in terms of numbers of, uh, of alternative payment options that we can serve, numbers of acquirers that we are connected to, the global coverage enabling domestic acquiring, domestic acceptance for pay-in, but also for pay-out in multiple jurisdictions, in multiple uh, uh, verticals, so very much covering more options for getting paid to pay uh, than any other uh, uh, peers in the industry. That's interesting. So instead of being kind of an off-the-shelf product uh, provider, you're very much client-led by the sounds of it. Absolutely. So uh, first of all, on, on overall, as a concept, uh, it's important to mention that uh, our roadmap is being driven, by, by the way, by, by three main pillars. Uh, first of all, the, the company roadmap, where we constantly innovate, we constantly try to, um, uh, to, to grow and to, and to bring the new uh, um, products and services from our employees that uh, keep on uh, bringing the ideas and we innovate, but also, as you mentioned rightfully, from our clients. Our clients are taking an active part, an active role in uh, shaping the, the roadmap of the company. And as such, we are listening to them, we are flexible with their needs, and we go and deliver whenever they have, a, whenever they, they have any kind of uh, customization, new integration. By the way, one of our unique advantages, speaking of, uh, of advantages in the market, is that we specialize in productizing those customizations. So we can definitely create a customization of the payment flow of the coverage to one of our clients, but we will productize it and offer it to the entire platform. And therefore, every one of our clients will be able to enjoy from it. This is a, one of our unique edge where we deliver everything internally. All the development is internal, which enable all of those flex flexibility and quick time to market. Right. So yeah, like you said at the beginning, you've been in payments since I think it's 2008 or now May 2022. So you have a wealth of knowledge when it comes to payments and you've obviously seen payments go through uh, different development phases. So I, feel, uh, I think it's a good opportunity to maybe talk a bit more about your view on the, on the payments market, uh, the current state, where we're going, kind of exciting developments and talk a, a bit more about that. So um, let's start from the... At the beginning, as is normally the case, what you would do, um, how would you describe kind of the current state of payment processing now in, in 2022? 
So I think that the the payment industry, as mentioned, is uh, is is quickly changing, right? It's a very dynamic one, and I will name a few of the differences uh, along the years, but uh, but I'm sure that uh, that there are many more, right? Um, the first one that you can definitely recognize uh, that uh, when I just started uh, in, in the business uh, in the payments, uh, most of the acquirers were. What today we are calling them legacy cars, right? It was the banks themselves, and under the PSD, a dramatic change has happened where technology-driven company has came into into the market. One of them is obviously Nuvei, uh, but not only. There are others as well where acquiring uh, capabilities, um, accessing the license and the membership into Visa, Mastercard, or all the other card schemes. has basically brought in technology in the past it was super difficult for merchants uh, in the early days to get proper uh, reporting to get proper chargeback uh, understanding to lead the um, the next journey in in, in their uh, payment strategy and, and and when the technology companies came in and, and offered those services obviously back to it the financial background it changed dramatically the the entire offering. I'm also looking at another um, change in the industry, which is the alternative payment options. If in the past it was very much um, understood as uh, 80% or 90% of the traffic will be um, served well by cards and even not only the cards, right? Uh, only Visa and MasterCard. Then today, all of a sudden, you are looking at some of the countries. Netherlands is a fantastic example where I think 80% of the online is, uh, is ideal, right? Um, or, or, or Brazil with the peaks now and, and, and new initiative all over the world. So alternative payment options, that includes uh, the Apple Pay, the Google Pay of the world, that includes uh, the WeChat Pay, Alipay, plenty of uh, examples. The penetration, but also the penetration and the increase of the usage of the local card schemes. If it's POSA in Mexico, or if it's uh, Bank Contact, or if it's uh, any, any other uh, um, local scheme uh, that, that has penetrated well and is offering the loyalty of the users and the payment uh, companies out there, the, the ones that are supporting all of those functionalities are basically enabling the merchant to accept more. I also see a big difference in the um, in, in, in the functionalities uh, that is expected from a payment uh, from a payment provider the flexibility to bring the choice the uh, the, the offering of the payout and not only the pay in right so marketplaces out there definitely need the split payment in and the split payment out um, you can look at the payment at payout for uh, insurance companies that they, they need to pay for their uh, policy holders or for the providers even in digital assets you need pay in you need pay out for to on ramp and to off ramp all of those functionality and the blend of the net amount in between the pay in and pay out and how to split the payments To the marketplace to the seller to all of the merchants uh, it, it's it's a significant change in the last uh, few years where in the past it was mainly bank transfers sepa maybe even uh, even achs but these days it's a blend of payment method it's a blend of functionalities recurring payments also became a, a significant change in the industry there are many uh, additional services that are being expected To be delivered by the provider such as uh, one platform to serve it all to serve the acquiring the gateway the issuing maybe even banking as a service 
in the past, a, a merchant typically would choose multiple different providers uh, in sometimes even hundreds of providers to cover all of those needs. And I believe that the industry is progressing towards many, uh, um, for many providers into a few, all the way even to a significant primary provider and maybe a secondary for redundancy. So the entire, if I'm looking at five or six years ago, the entire payment uh, processing capabilities or expectations has changed dramatically. Not only that the new players came in, disrupted the market and changed, but also that the expectation of the, of the merchant, of the client completely changed. It's no longer okay, I will take everything from, uh, from whatever I can, but it's actually driven by data analytics, trying to improve the, uh, the acceptance rates, trying to bring revenues and not only uh, being a cost center from, from the payment management perspective. And all of those together contributed to a significant evolution of the payment industry. That makes sense. So, um I mean, you described kind of eight, uh, if I counted correctly, eight kind of uh, drivers that you see. So I would say, is, is it fair to summarize that and saying just payments got way more complex over the last uh, couple of years? It's way more complex. Um, but on the other hand, I think that the, the providers these days need to make it much easier or expected to make it much easier for the operator. So if in the past, the merchant, the marketplace, the retailer expected to take everything in-house, to take care of the risk, to take care of the payment in one hand, and in the other hand, to take care with a different provider on the issuing, on the banking, on the orchestration. Now, the merchants are looking for the provider that will solve the majority of those uh, aspects, obviously with maintaining the, the freedom of choice, right? Uh, for, or, or the flexibility to choose and to engage with multiple providers. So on one hand, from, I would call it commercial engagement, the, the merchant expecting freedom, expecting the flexibility, they had enough of all of those uh, um, contracts that expect exclusivity. But from technical perspective, they expect their, their provider, the payment partner, to deliver more, to deliver additional capabilities, much more than they used to. Yeah, you talk about um, uh, companies maybe doing it in-house. Um, I know that there's, especially the bigger merchants, tend to say, okay, we're going to do it in-house, maybe get our own uh, licensed payment entity set up. Um, is that something that you have seen happening more and more, or is it kind of a wave that uh, is now over and you actually see these merchants come back and say, okay, well, we underestimated how complex this is. Um, we want us to uh, actually put it back to the provider. Very much a blend, right? So the first thing, and, and, and this is again, um, bringing it back to technology, the first thing that we've done is that we've built it because we've recognized that a, that a merchant might be different in, 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 in their expectations. We've built our product very much modular. So some of the, uh, the clients will, uh, will, will choose to start uh, with us only as a gateway and we will connect them to multiple acquirers or APNs. Some will choose um, um, to use us as a full turnkey solution where we are uh, the majority of, of the traffic, but we are also enabling some sort of redundancies. And some will uh, look at us only for a specific uh, added value services like risk as a service or issuing or reconciliation. So the first thing that we've recognized, as you rightfully said, is that there are different 
preferences between the merchants, right? Some will want more control, some will want more, more, more um, uh, transparency in, in, in the aspect of uh, managing it themselves, and some would like everything to be managed and them will be focusing on uh, allowing them to focus on, on their own business. And this is why we've built the platform in a way that will enable them to choose. Now, for the actual preference, we see today multiple different uh, um, requirements or, or preferences by, by the merchants. We see indeed large organizations uh, that, that, that believe that uh, they know best uh, in, in terms of knowing the user and therefore the engagement with the user. That includes also the, for example, in some cases, the chargeback handling and the refunds and, um, and the representment cases, all of that to be managed in-house. But on the other hand, we see also the other preference where merchants want, uh, in, in many cases, um, I would call it even to outsource the, 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 the capabilities, for example, marketplaces, most of them, the ones that we see these days, most of them expect us as a provider to do the KYC, to onboard very quickly, to pay in, to pay out, to verify the banking details, to verify the um, not only the user, but also the, the sellers. And as such, it very much depends. We see the, the, the two different approaches coming in, and, and this is why we are maintaining a very flexible but also modular approach in our, uh, in, in our technology. How do you deal with that kind of increased um, demand of value-added services such as KYC, for example, as a provider? Do you, is, it, is, it a, is there a buy or build strategy? Uh, is it as clear-cut as saying, okay, we buy everything or we build everything ourselves? Or is it a combination of those? Uh, is it also maybe partnering with other providers who can, who can be value-added services on top of what you already offer to your customers? Or how do you approach that? So again, we are super flexible. So um, we do the, we, we we do believe that uh, um, the best for us for Nuve is to the is to develop everything uh, in house simply because it maintains our flexibility to to decide on the roadmap and to deliver quicker, right? Without any dependencies. However. It does not mean that we are not enabling third parties. So in our acquiring capabilities, yes, we are an acquirer, but we are also enabling all the different acquirers that, uh, that, that, that are needed by the request of the merchants uh, to, to connect to uh, or to be connected to our platform. The same goes to risk management. We are a provider of risk as a service, including even chargeback guarantee capabilities, but it does not mean that we don't have another 60 different providers connected to our platform, enabling our clients to choose. So remember that when we are starting to look at the cooperation with the, with, with the merchant, we always come as orchestration first, right? So Orchestration is an interesting term, by the way. We've been doing it. Uh, I think that uh, I, I started hearing orchestration in the last uh, maybe couple of years, but actually we've been doing exactly that for uh, since 2006, more or less, when I joined, right? Um, so it's an interesting term on one hand. On the other hand, I do think that, um, that, that, that this is uh, some, some capabilities that has been uh, with us and with others uh, for, for many, many years. Um, but we've scaled it into the level that orchestration is not only in the payment, but it's also in the added value services. So KYC providers and risk management providers and device fingerprint providers and even, uh, and, and you name it. I mean, every different uh, capabilities we've enabled within our platform to be very flexible. Um, and, and that goes also to back to your question on um, if a merchant will choose third party versus 
all, uh, all, all delivered in-house, we are um, happy to accept both, both of the options. But for us, in our platform, we've taken the, we've taken the approach of delivering everything in-house. So with all of these developments going on now, so you have, uh, like you said, there's more complexity, uh, more alternative payment methods, uh, there's payouts on top of pay-ins, um, there's recurring payments that come up. Um, all in all, there's more complexity. There's uh, also regulation in the background, which is uh, playing a factor. How does then, would you say, the, the, the payment platform as the future of tomorrow uh, look like? What do you take into consideration when looking at, okay, where do we go next? So the first, um, I think, and the, the utmost uh, or the, clear, the, the, the most uh, uh, visible uh, trend is that um, it's no longer one size fits all, right? So the flexibility comes not only in terms of um, um, our capabilities in, in, in the payment orchestration, but also in listening to the, to the clients, understanding the needs, and then create a real strategic partnership. So it's not just, uh, okay, this is our contract and this is our uh, payment uh, uh, coverage, take it as is, but it's much, much more than that. It's a merchant and partner, payment partner that are working very closely in order to drive better conversion, in order to make sure that the payment manager succeed in his journey towards higher revenues, in uh, exploring together what other opportunities are there um, in order to expand into new markets, into new territories, whatever is needed um, for, that we can help the company that is working with us or the payment manager to succeed in, in the journey, this is, a, this is a, I believe, a major change where it's no longer uh, that it just take the, 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 the product um, that we deliver to all. That also requires from any of the providers out there uh, these days to, be, to react much faster, to keep on innovating and to provide all of those services, and this is very, uh, very interest, interesting and, and important, in one single API, right? So if you look at the resources, the most valuable resources out there today are always the, um, the technical integration resources, and no merchant out there wants to do multiple integration, multiple different uh, um, relationships uh, for providers. And as such, if if with one single API into a consolidated platform, a, a provider can, can, can offer the acquiring, the alternative payment options, the risk management, the BI, recurring versus one times, the marketplace solution with all the different needs of KYC, onboarding, uh, split payments, all the global coverage, including with issuing. If all of that is combined into one single API, one platform, that is uh, enabling the client uh, to grow faster, that reduce the, the resources and the efforts that uh, the merchant needs to invest in, in, in going global in their aspect. And I think that this is what uh, the merchants are looking these days. Yeah, I think that access to everything with one API sounds very simple, but I don't think it's that simple, right? Uh, as you've been in payments for such a long time, well, with the same organization, but at different phases, let's say, uh, I think it's always been a goal. I, I hear... Uh, payment companies talk about that one integration for God knows how long. Um, it sounds very simple, but it's much more complex than that, right? It's very complex, and I will um, I will also look at it from additional angle, where Nuve is growing uh, rapidly. Um, from organic and also non-organic. We've been uh, doing acquisitions and, and the one thing that we've excelled in is to integrate those acquisitions into our platform. So with one single API, 
Emerson can receive access to all of our capabilities, even if those capabilities were in, in, in a sense inherited. So we are making sure that this one platform is serving all of our capabilities. Everything is integrated immediately into the one platform. Every product that we are releasing is always with um, not only the same API, but also backwards capability. So if we've suddenly enhanced capabilities, if we've improved the UI UX, or if we've improved the functionality, everything is, again, all connected to the same API. And you are right, it's not the easiest path on one hand. On the other hand, this is why we have more than 500 different engineers in the company yeah. that, that keeps on working on exactly that, on delivering the, the, the unified API. Exactly, yeah. So there's a, the one API uh, that is, is really essential in, in kind of tomorrow's payment platform is modularity, which I think you spoke uh, about a few times, and that's just strategic partnership, right? So uh, together with merchants, we're looking for a strategic partner with their service provider. Uh, that's where you see the future is for any payments company today. Indeed, and I, and I think that it also provides a little bit the choice of um, taking the relationship one step at a time, right? So I do see it as a, as a relationship between the payment partner and the merchant or the marketplace. Uh, and, and in many cases, um, it's, it involves also some risk on the, on, on, on the side of the merchant, right? To do all of those migration. In some of the cases, the merchants want to start a bit slower. They want to start only with the acquiring in, uh, in, in France or only with alternative payment option in Brazil or only in, uh, in, in, in reconciliation services. And that's fine. And this is exactly what we are um, providing where they can do the same API integration. It's one integration. And then once they are integrated, if later on they choose to expand the relationship even further after they've either gained the trust, either their business uh, needs has changed and now they need more services or, in, or penetrated into additional geographies, all of that is also already accessible for them. For, so with the click of the button, they can actually, once integrated, with the click of the button, they can choose which services they want to, to, to utilize. And that is a unique advantage for, for a merchant out there today that does not know at any given moment what will happen next year, right? So if we're looking only on the pandemic in the last two years, see how many changes has happened to merchants out there. Um, that that enabled um, um, if, if if a merchant was connected to a flexible provider, it enabled a lot of the merchants to utilize the services properly and to change dynamically with the industry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the flexibility is is definitely key, uh, especially with the um, companies that are going from yeah maybe starting small and and selling uh, one or two products online to to scaling rapidly. And then looking for a provider that can also uh, yeah, attest or fit uh, with that. Um, what kind of other trends um, do you see right now? You spoke already about kind of the yeah the increase in alternative payment methods, um, the modularity or customization that um, you guys work on, or the kind of client-led that Nuva is, and that more and more uh, companies uh, within the payment space uh, tend to be. What other trends do you see today happening uh, in the payment space? Yeah, so I will, first of all, again, just touching base uh, on, on, the, on the payment methods, which I think that is super unique uh, in, in, in the coverage that we have. It's more than just um, adding payment methods, right? First of all, it's adding the correct 
payment methods to the correct user, to the correct location, but it's also making sure that you are up to date with the industry trends. I know that today everyone is already understanding and knowing what is Pix in Brazil, but when Pix just started, it was the newcomer into, into Brazil. And within, within, a, within a year, I would say, basically became the best uh, choice for, for user or for merchants in, in Brazil, right? So the fact that the provider was quick enough to offer it and, 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 and provide not only the pay-in capabilities, but also the payout, uh, one with the experience um, to serve all different payment, uh, um, payment uh, functionalities like recurring billing on alternative payment options, what can be serving for large, for B2B, for example, for large ticket uh, versus what can be serving for the microtransaction. All of those business questions at the end needs to come also with the correct blend of payment methods. So that is one, uh, one thing that is super important. And, and, and I believe that Nuve is, is leading the industry in that aspect. The customization we've already discussed and customization is driven a lot uh, by either regulation indeed, the uh, change of regulation uh, uh, lead or force uh, merchants to change also the, the, the payment flow, sometimes UI, UX, and sometimes it's, uh, it's even uh, more serious, like the 3D Secure, uh, 3D2, um, and, and the different mandates, 2.2, 2.1, and the different uh, mandates in between. So all of those customizations are, are, are driving uh, significant uh, changes in acceptance rates. But more than that, we see um, a, a lot of um, requirements in terms of uh, scalability of the platform, right? So merchants these days can, uh, can, can not only want a provider that they can rely with on, 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 on the merchant, on the, on the platform frequently and every day, but also mainly such a provider that can scale in peak times. There are multiple peak times that can be Black Friday, or it can be Cyber Monday. It can also be the Super Bowl. It can be Grand National Day. It can be many different peak days. Depends on the vertical and depends on the on the location. Single day in, 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 uh, is becoming uh, very strong. So all of those peaks, um, in many cases, influence the transaction count uh, and can be even 100 hicks in, in, in a certain peak and a provider is required to be scalable enough to support those without any malfunction. The payment orchestration, I think that again, as a buzzword, it uh, might become uh, developed in the last uh, couple of years, but uh, it's, it's, an, it, it, it's a service that exists there for, uh, for a long, uh, long time. We've been doing it uh, for many, many years. But the difference is that these days, the orchestration is required not only for the card acquiring or for the payment flow, but also for the value-added services and how to, to, to create the logic in between of the cascading in between different providers, the retry if a transaction is declined, the recovery option for each of those declines, if it's by payment, different payment methods, if it's by different amount, by partial approval capabilities, all of those capabilities are, are, are a trend that we see uh, being required uh, these days by merchants and the provider that, uh, that knows how to deliver is definitely a provider that uh, can, can, can bring access to higher acceptance rates. Exactly. There's definitely enough happening uh, within the payment space uh, by the sounds of it. And I think some of the 
things you touched on, um, we've touched on a few times, which I think is, is very interesting. It just goes to show how this uh, industry is continuously developing. Um, how does Nuvae keep up with all those developments? Yeah, obviously you have a big team, you have senior people, you have a big team of engineers, but is there a secret that you guys have to, to make sure that you stay ahead of, 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 of what the merchants want, let's say? <laughs> I believe that, uh, first of all, the, 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 the most important um, secret uh, source, I will, let's call it, is the human touch, right? So we listen um, to our clients, we listen to our partners. It's not just that we have our own roadmap and that's it, we stick to it. And if it's not uh, exactly according to, to our roadmap, we will not deliver. We Yes, we do have roadmap and yes, we do have projects that are running for the long run. For example, the, the, the omni-channel capabilities that we just launched in, uh, the, in, in North America and we are now launching it in, uh, in Europe or the issuing capabilities that we've launched in Europe and now we are launching in North America. So all of those uh, capabilities are obviously part of a bigger roadmap. But we keep, first of all, 10% of our efforts into innovation. Keep on innovating, keep on trying. Sometimes of those, those products that we are innovating with will not be released to the market, right? It, we will, after innovating, we will find out that either it's not ready, either it's not, uh, um, it's not um, the, 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 the need uh, that, we, that we told that will be in, in the industry. But most of them are, of those innovations are also driven by the merchants and it keeps us up to date it keeps us very connected to the industry to our clients um, and obviously it creates those partnership level where um, we deliver fast and we get also fast uh, results from, uh, from from the partnership that we have together so this is super unique in the industry and obviously our uh, industry as a whole uh, the verticals that we are specialized in those are verticals that are developing very fast uh, if it's marketplaces or online retail if it's uh, if it's the gaming market the regulated gaming if it's the uh, digital assets that we are uh, providing um, uh, services to, all of those verticals are such that keep on innovating, keep on delivering very fast, keep on, keep on moving. And that keeps us uh, moving as well. Um, remember, as, a, as, as additional comment on that, that we are also actively um, um, active in, in, in M&A and M&A keeps on bringing innovation into the company, keeps on uh, delivering additional uh, capabilities, additional uh, geography reach, which is super important for us. Exactly, yeah, that, that's that's exciting. I must say, you got me curious now. If you say you put ten percent of your efforts into innovation, I won't try to get stuff out of you that you're maybe still secretly working on. But is there something that you've recently released, or is there some kind of taste you can give to the listeners about what's next for Nuve, or maybe something that has recently come out uh, in terms of innovation? Absolutely, yes, I will. Um, so first of all, I will uh, touch base on marketplaces. We've been doing, uh, we've been service, serving marketplaces in Europe for quite some time now. Um, and and, and um, Italy, France, UK, big markets for us uh, in that aspect. But what we've uh, developed recently and now we're releasing uh, to the market is the global capabilities of uh, onboarding. So now within, within weeks, we will have the capabilities to onboard global merchants, not only Europeans, the, all the capabilities of the KYC, including uh, the access to the databases uh, will be global, which enable us uh, um, to serve a wider group of, uh, of, of marketplaces. Another uh, um, capabilities that I touched based uh, earlier is also our banking and issuing, right? So we have already uh, banking as a service platform and we have already issuing platform. Both of those platforms are now serving European merchants, and we will scale it this year into a global, we will start with North America and we'll scale it even further. And the last thing that I will um, 
that I will mention is obviously our capability for uh, payment as a service uh, capabilities where we are today serving already in few different geographies, financial institutions, enabling them to enjoy from all of those services of uh, payment orchestration and, uh, and, and, and uh, the acquiring capabilities that we have and bringing them basically the capabilities of uh, serving financial services um, to their clients. And that will also be something that we will scale and most probably will start scaling with our APAC uh, region first and then uh, to the rest of the world. Right. So, yeah, it's, I mean, you're clearly continuously innovating and I think that there's probably one, maybe two or even three more podcasts on the back of, of that. I mean, global capabilities is obviously huge. Banking as a service is where a lot is happening right now uh, and also payment as a service. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a shame we have to end the podcast or end the show now because, uh, yeah, again, I think there's more to, to talk about, but uh, maybe we can do another episode in the near uh, future, Nouvelle. Nouvelle would be great to, uh, to do. Um, and thanks for being on the show and, and giving some insights into, uh, yeah, kind of payments, the current landscape, uh, the trends that you see, uh, as well as what the future of payments uh, may look like. Uh, I think it's been very insightful. Thank you very much, Rochir. Thank you. Uh, it was a pleasure and uh, absolutely will be, I will be happy to, uh, to, do another, uh, to, to take another session in the future. Let's do that. That sounds good. I hold you to it. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of In Check with Fintech. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the like button and leave us a comment below. We'll be having more industry leaders soon, so don't forget to subscribe as well in order to keep updated with the latest episodes of our podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'd like to leave you with a more serious message from our partner Free a Girl, who are dedicated to fighting child prostitution and impunity all over the world. Hi, I'm Evelyn, CEO and founder of Free a Girl. Every day, two million children, especially girls, are being held captive worldwide. They are locked up and exploited in brothels, dance bars, or online, forced into sexual exploitation. Their freedom is taken away together with their youth, family, and future. We are dedicated to fight sexual exploitation of children by rescuing these girls. Please join us, unlock their freedom, and unlock your potential by becoming a business partner. Please visit freeagirl.com for more information. Thank you.